We pick it up from the bottom of Kof Mem and Rebez from the Mishnah. Garfin with Neha Patam. Rav Zaysa comes along and we're learning a little bit about animals. You have an animal sitting there and on the floor is the different leftover food. So Garfin, you're allowed to sweep away from the sweep out the feeding trough from in front of the ox. And you can move the fodder to the side so that the excrement and all the garbage left over from the animal doesn't make the food disgusting. We don't know why. We'll see in the Gemara. Says the Gemara. You have to take from one animal and give it to another animal in Shabbos. Seemingly referring to the food. Again, the Gemara will explain exactly what's going on over here. Says the Gemara. Again, Rav Daisa in the Reisha of the Mishnah taught two dinim. Number one, he said you let it sweep out the feeding trough. Number two, he said you let it move the fodder. And then the Chachamim said it's Aser. Are they arguing on din number one? Are they arguing din number two? Or are they arguing on both? Says the Gemara. You're not allowed to sweep, you're not allowed to move the food, arguing on both cases. Amar Rav Chista, three lines into the Gemara of Memor Beis, Machlekes Be'ev Shal Karka, Be'ev Shal Kli, Devera Kol Mutter. The Machlekes in the Mishnah has been the Evos, you have this feeding trough that you're sweeping out, is when it's made out of earth, it's ground, but if it's made out of a Kli, then everyone agrees you're allowed to sweep it. Says the Gemara, one second, Be'ev Shal Karka, Mi, Ikel, Amante, Shari, is there anyone who holds, you're allowed to sweep out an earth floor in Shabbos, come ask me Gumais. We know you're not allowed to sweep a dirt floor in Shabbos. Why not? Because you can be mashri gumas. You're going to smooth out the holes. Eliyot marachi is by the exact opposite. The entire machlek is in the Mishnah. Is whether you let us sweep out this this trough of a kli, but if it's actually earth, and everyone agrees it is forbidden, because of the gzeir of ashri gumas, as we know, you're not allowed to sweep a dirt or outside floor on Shabbos. Says the Gemara, you're allowed to take from one animal the food and give it to another animal. Says the Gemara, five lines from the bottom, Tana chada naitlin one Mishnah says you're allowed to take from one animal that the mouth is yaffa, seemingly nice, and give it to another animal that the mouth is bad. Tanido, a different Brisa says, you're allowed to take from the animal that the mouth is bad, and give it to the animal that the mouth is nice. So seemingly, these two Mishnayas are contradictory to each other. And second of all, what in the world does it mean? What is this referring to? So says the Gemara, both these Brises come to teach us one day. To take food from a donkey and give it to an ox, that is allowed on Shabbos. However, you're not allowed to take the food from the donkey and give it to the ox. Now the Gemara is going to explain. What does it mean that you're allowed to take the food from the animal that the mouth is yaf and the mouth is yet nice? That's referring to a chamar, a donkey. The donkey does not drool on the food. And then, you're allowed to give it to an animal that the mouth is ra, bad, referring to an ox, the isle rei. The ox does drool on its food. But you're allowed to take the food from the donkey, which does not drool, and give it to the ox, which yes, drools. The, the ox will not be turned off by the food of the donkey because there's no drool on it. Says the Gemara in the top of the And what does it mean? You're allowed to take from an animal that's pi'ara. That's bechamar, it's 
That's referred to a chamar, a donkey, that's not precise in how it eats. Va'achal, v'nosnin, and just eats. V'nosnin, the behemoth should be a yafa, and you got to give it to an animal to be a yafa, v'para the daika, va'achla, an ox, which is more specific. So an ox has two things to it. Number one is he yes drools. Number two, it is specific about what it eats, and therefore, you're, and whereas a donkey is the opposite, it does not drool and it's not specific, and that's what these two Mishnayis mean that you're allowed to take the food from the donkey and give it to the ox on Shabbos. Says the Gemara Kuf Memalvam and Alav says the Mishnah, I'm sorry. Hakash al Gabi Amita. Lo Obviously, their beds were not like our beds, they didn't have fancy mattresses. What do they have? Some sort of a primitive frame they had straw on the bed. Says the Mishnah, the straw on the bed? Lo Don't move with your hand. You can move it around with your body. Obviously, that was their mattress. So says the Mishnah, don't move around the straw. Straw is muksa. Muksa machas gufa. It's like a rack. We'll see if that's true. But says the Gemara, be let it lie down in the straw and leaven at least and, and smooth out and make the bed nice with your body. If the straw was animal food or there's a pillow and a blanket on top of the straw, what does a pillow and blanket do that makes it into an actual bed? Now the straw is a proper bed. It was set aside and that's going to be your bed then. Or it's animal food and on the other you let it move with your hand. That is one day in about muksa. Says the Mishnah. If you have a press, a shirt press, which basically was one big uh, beam and another big piece of wood and another big piece of wood and there were, you know, two poles with four pegs and this one top piece would go down on the bottom piece, you put your pants underneath it, put your shirt underneath it and you have a primitive press that makes the clothing nice and clean, nice and uh, smooth, I'm sorry. So says the Mishnah, if it's a household press, then you're allowed to open it up on shops. But not the one that's made from the laundry uh, laundry guys. I'm sorry, but you're not allowed to actually press it down in shops. Again, you're allowed to take it out. You're not allowed to press it down. The press of a laundry man, a real press, you're not allowed to touch it. It's a moksa. If it was ready, unloosen, if it was loosened, partially released on Arab Shabbos, then you're allowed to take it out completely on Shabbos. So again, we have two parts. It's Mishnah, part number one, it's talking about the kash, the straw, part number two, is talking about this press. Says the Gemara, what's going on? This should sound familiar. If you have a radish that's stuck in the ground, and the fat part of the radish is on the top, skinny part on the bottom, then you let it take it out, because when you take it out, you don't move anything. But if it's the opposite, if it's skinny on top and fat on bottom, then when you pull it out, you effectively move the dirt around it, Says Rav Nachman, it's Aser. Amar Rav Hadi Baravar, Ami Bei Rav, Tanina do like Rav Nachman. Our Mishnah is not like Rav Nachman. Hakash al Gabi Amita. So what did our Mishnah teach us? When you have the straw on the bed, lo yinanei abiyadai. Don't move with your hand. Avul menanei abigufai. But you're allowed to yes move it with your guf. Vemayamaychel behema yishalik arik sadin menanei abiyadai. Then you're allowed to yes move it with your hand. So what do we see in our Mishnah? Says the Gemara, Shema mina tiltel minatzad lo yishmei tiltel. We see from our Mishnah that moving something minatzad, moving something in directly moving something with your body is not called tiltol shmani no and it's a conclusive right not like Rav Nachman and this is how we paskin that tiltol min hatzad is lo shmei tiltol this is Obvious more uh, details within the actual Allah Lamaisa Din. But one thing is true to move something with your body, everyone agrees that's going to be mutter. As we mentioned, the Chazanish is Machmir. This is actually one of the Chazanish's Rayos. He wanted to learn, not one of his Rayos, he learns this Mishnah because this Mishnah seemingly is a question on the Chazanish. Again, we pointed out that the Chazanish holds. You, there's no Hetzer, just move Moksa with your body, with your foot. Chazanish held, it's only Al Derech to the barrels. That's when you're allowed. So Chazanish learns over here, it's only when you're getting into the bed, then 
then you let him move it begufai. But the Mishabura argues, as we said, and that's the, the conventional psak halacha, is that you let it, yes, move muksa with your body, with your foot, etc. And tiltal minatza, when you move something indirectly, now with your body, which is sort of a middle ground, then you're only allowed to do it, it's our kufa, it's our chmekaymeh, it's our chshavis, and that's like using the back of your hand, your elbow, something like that, says Mishabura. When you move something that way, that is more liberal than moving something with your hands directly, but still has to have some sort of tzarech, the tzarech shavis, tzarech kufa, tzarech mekaymeh. Says the Gemara, Amr of Yehuda, we're about seven lines into the Gemara lines, kof mem alef, amin alef, about twelve lines into the Gemara, Amr of Yehuda, honey, pilpali midi chadachada bekatas tekina, you have peppercorns, you let it crush them up with the back of a knife. Of course, you can't crush them up regularly because that's an iser toichin, grinding on Shabbos. But says Rabbi Yehuda, if you use the back of a knife, which is a real shinoi, a shinoi gomer, then you let it crush up one peppercorn at a time. Shari. Tarti aser, but to crush up two at a time is forbidden. Amarava, and this is the Psaka Lacha, Rava Amar, Kiva de Mishani, if you do two banami, once you're doing a real shinoi, you're allowed to even crush up many, and that's because the shinoi gomer to use the back of a knife. Again, back of a knife doesn't mean there's a blade on the other side of the babe. means, I'm sorry, I didn't say that correctly. Kata de Sakina, the handle of your knife. Here's your knife cutting like this. Take the back end of it and you crush with that. That is a shinoi gummer and that you will be allowed to crush which with such a thing. Someone who takes a bath in a stream of water, you should first dry yourself off and then get out of the stream of water. Again, you're in Shabbos, you're inside the stream of water, whatever the reason you're allowed to be, there is a different discussion, and now you have to get out of the water. Says Rav Yehuda, dry yourself off in the water, shake off the water, and then get out. Why? If you just get out of the out of the mikvah, out of the water, whatever it is, outside, it's a caramelist. You might come to carry water. You're not allowed to do that. Says Imar, one second, if that is true, when you get into the water, what are you doing? You're pushing away the water. You also can push the water down the but that should also be forbidden. Says the Gemara, Kaychai become the Slagazi, they never made a gazir on Kaychai on your on the secondary, we'll call it, the fact that you moving the water and the water is moving, that did not make the gzera. But with regard to you moving the water, that the yes made the gzera, and therefore you have to be more careful to dry yourself off first. Amar tit raglai. If you have some tit, you have some mud on your on your foot. Wipe off the mud on the ground. Don't wipe it on the wall. Interesting. Why? Don't wipe it on the wall because it looks like you're building. You're sitting there and you're putting on some tit, on some cement, on some clay onto the wall. It looks like you're building. Says the Gemara, what? That's a disastrous type of building. That's a peasantry type of building. Sitting there and putting some mud from your shoe on a wall looks like building. The exact opposite. If you have something in your foot, go wipe it on the wall. Don't wipe it on the ground. Why not? So now we've seen many times, we're always afraid you can level out the ground, therefore don't come to level out the ground. And Pasha is only referring to an area that you care about the ground, not like Rosh or something like that. You know, something like your dining room floor, which were dirt back then, that you should not wipe your foot on the floor because you can come to smooth it out. Itmar says the Gemara, both wiping on the wall, wiping on the floor is forbidden. He said both are forbidden, so where did he wipe off the mud from his shoe? Bekaira, he found a beam and he would wipe it on that. And there, there's no issues, doesn't look like building, doesn't, you're not going to smooth out the ground. And that is how he would wipe off the dirt from his shoe. About 10 lines to the bottom, first one on the line is You should not sit on the edge of a lechi. Dilma, perhaps the chavis will roll outside of the Rishos, and you come to carry, you should not sit on the border between two Rishos. 
Yais. So you know what happens, the items, you know, Yamaka goes flying outward, and then you're going to come pick it up, which obviously you're not allowed to do, because you're outside of the area. Vama Ravalo, the Sadi Inish Kuva, Rava continues with a bunch of Deen, and each one of these is slightly random, but says Ravalo, Sadi Inish Kuva, you're not allowed to, uh, Take a barrel and and rock it back and forth and and ledge it and wedge it into the ground. Why Because you might come to level out level out the ground. So you have this big barrel in the ground. Don't like sit it down nicely because you're gonna come to level out the ground. You're not allowed to stop in. You're not allowed to stick in these uh, pieces of cotton, this wet stuff, into the mouth of the barrel. You might come to do schit. This is another one of the big rayas that when it comes to schit, we're very very concerned here. That's not what your intention is, and even if it happens, whatever that would be, what level mulach would that be? Yeah, we don't let you put it in because you might come to do schita. Let's see you have some mud on your clothing. So let's say you have a little mud in your jacket. You're not going to scream it from the outside because then you're effectively cleaning the garment. What you do is you go to the inside and you rub the inside and it falls off. If you have mud in your shoe, you let it scrape it off with a knife. And when you have mud in your clothing, you let it scrape it off with your nail. And it says, just don't rub. So my love, sounds like you can't rub at all. You can't rub from the inside, you can't rub from the outside. So why are you telling me, like, yes, rub from the inside? No, it just means don't rub from the outside, but you could rub from the inside, and that is what one could do if someone gets something mud or something on the clothing. Obviously, you can never put water onto a stain on Shabbos, that's an Isser Gummer. However, if there's some sort of dirt, you could scrape it off, as we see here, with your nail, with a knife. One thing to be concerned is when it's, if it's a muddy type of stain and as you scrape it, it breaks into teeny little pieces, you potentially have a teichen issue that you're grinding something up on Shabbos, but if not, you'll have to just take it off without any issue. And obviously, if it's a wet stain, you could only take it off if it leaves behind some residue, if it makes the clothing perfectly clean, that would also be an iser of cleaning on Shabbos. Amar Avua, two lines on the bottom, Amar Avlazim, Rav Yanami, Garen, Minal Chodnash, Avaloi Yashin. You're allowed to scrape a new shoe, but not an old shoe. And the reason is, Rashi explains, because when you scrape the old shoe, you're memachik, you smooth out the leather, uh, it's already b- b- broken in leather, and therefore, you're not allowed to do that on Shabbos. Says the Gemara, moving on to Kuf Memalaf on Mebeis, so how can you scrape the shoe? With what can you scrape the shoe? I'm sorry. Begav Sakin with the back of the knife. And it is a big machlaik, so this applies to our shoes, because our leather and our shoes are so treated that even by scraping them, it doesn't smooth it or anything like that. It sounds more like some raw type of leather situation. So Pashas, it does not apply to our shoes. Delete what you just said from that which we learned over here. The Tani we learned in the price of Rechia. You now let it scrape off neither a new nor an old shoe. And Rechia continues four lines down. You're not allowed to smear oil on your foot while it is in the shoe. Why not? Because then you get the oil in the shoe and you're very happy. Again, this is the same type of thing with the leather. You're happy that the leather gets oil on it. Or if your foot is inside a sandal as well, you can't put oil on your foot because it gets onto the leather and you are treating the leather somehow. Avo, what could you yes do, says Rav Chia. You're allowed to put oil on your foot and then when put your foot in the shoe or the sandal. And similarly, 
Again, a lot of these uh, oil situations we don't have so much nowadays. But says Rav Chia, you could put oil in your whole body, and you could roll on top of some sort of leather mat, a leather table. And again, even though the leather is going to get oil, but that is permissible. And you don't have to worry about it. So Amar Rav Chista, what's going on over here? Again, we just said you can't put oil on your foot when it's in the shoe. But you put oil in your foot when it's outside the shoe and then put on the shoe. Or you put oil in your body and rub on top of this leather mat. Amr Rav Chista says, Rav Chista shanu el This only works if your intention is to the sachsachai to polish, to shine the leather. But if your intention is to tan the leather, and that's why you're doing it, it's even forbidden to put the, leather, to put the oil on your foot and then put your foot in the shoe if your intention is to treat the leather. Says the Gemara, one second. Of course it's forbidden if your intention is to tan the leather. And furthermore, even if your intention is to shine the leather, is anyone who holds that smutter? Why? Because your intention is shining leather is a part of his, uh, is part of the ebud process, part of the tanning process. So why is that permissible? That you're purposely putting leather in your uh, oil on your foot, putting your foot in a shoe in order to shine the leather. That's part of the ebud, part of the tanning process. Why is that allowed? Eliyitzmar says, "Gemara, you're right. It is not allowed." Eliyitzmar, Achiyitzmar, the following statement on Rav Chista: "Loishanu alishir lesachzchay." Says Rav Chista, "Really, we're talking about that you do not have intent to shine the leather. You don't have intent to tan the leather. What are you doing? You're just putting oil on your foot, and then you're going to put on your shoes. Even though you don't have intent to do anything to the leather, it's still only permissible if the amount of oil on your foot is the amount that it would be to shine the shoe. Avil shir la'avdi aser. If it's a lot of oil on your foot, the amount of oil that you would to tan the leather, even though it's not your intention, then that would still be forbidden. And again, like we pointed out, our leather probably does not have these type of things. There are some boots and things that maybe people oil and maybe it would be Nagea, but that is the Gemara. Tan Rabbanim, 12 lines down, first one in line, Tan Rabbanim. A child cannot go out with a large shoe. Why? It's going to fall off, you're going to come to carry it. Go out with a big shirt. Shirt's not going to fall off. A woman cannot go out with a torn shoe. Why not? People are going to laugh at her. She's going to come to take off the shoes and carry it. And she should not do chalitza with it because it's not a good shoe. But if she does chalitza with it, it is a shoe, so the chalitza is caught. This is one of the more uh, interesting halachas. You're not going to go with a new shoe on Shabbos. Base? Why not? Because maybe it doesn't fit you and you're going to come to take it off. Again, obviously, we're talking about going out to Shusarabim. Base and Minal Amru. With which type of shoe are we talking about? But Minal Shalisha, a woman's shoe, because they're very specific, says the Mepharshim, that the shoe fits well. Tanibar Kabar, Shanu, that's only El Shle Yatzabai Shachas Mebai Yayim. That's only if you never wore it for one moment during the day. Aval Yatzabai Me'erev Shabbos. But if you wore it for one moment on Erev Shabbos, then Motrik's how you know it fits you and you're not come to take it off. And it would seem. And it would seem, and I say it would seem, because that's what comes out of the halacha, that if someone, let's say, orders a pair of shoes, and it comes before Shabbos, and he doesn't get a chance to try them on, he would not be allowed to wear them and immediately go walk into Rosh Hashanah because we have to be concerned that he might, it might not fit him, he'll come to take it off. And that is L'chaira, the halacha, so you just have to wear it for one moment during the day. Why it doesn't work to wear it for one moment in your house, we'll leave that as a question. Says the Gemara, Tani Chada, Shoyim Dimino Me'al Gabi Imos, one Mishnah says you'll have to take off the shoe from the shoe form, 
they would obviously form and make the shoes, and it would be on top of like a shoehorn type of thing, and all the leather would be on it. You're allowed to take the shoe off on Shabbos. A different price says you're not allowed to take it off the shoe form. Like Kasha or or One is Revlezo, one's Rabbanan. That's not even learned in the Mishnah. Minel Shagabi Imos, the shoe that's on the form. Again, we have like a shoemaker. I'm envisioning some primitive shoemaker that has like this wooden block with this leather shoe on top of it. So when the shoe is on the form, Revlezo Metaher, Revlezo says it is Tar, Revlezo Metaher, Revlezo says it is Tami. What does that have to do with what we're talking about? Of course, according to Revlezo, it's Metaher. What does that mean? That means he does not view it as a complete Kaili. It's not Mikabal Toma while it's on the block, while it's on the shoe form. Since it's not Mikabal Toma, Revlezo holds you can't move it. It's Muksa. It's not a complete product. Whereas according to the Chachamim Mitamim, it is yes, Makabal Tama. Why? It's a complete product. It's a regular shoe. The according to the Chachamim, you could yes, remove it from the shoe form on Shabbos. Says the Gemara, Hani Rava. This all makes sense according to Rava. That Rava said, Dabar and Dabar Shem Lachta the Isser. Benazar Kufa, Benazar Makavim Motor. Which is what we paskin. That an item which does Isser, the shoe form, is a part of an Isser. It's part of creating shoes. The Yolanda move it, Benazar Kufa, Benazar Makaimai. Then it's great. Shabir, it's good because in our case, you're taking out the form why? For the shoes. That's called Sarah Mikai Mike. You want to be able to put on the shoe, and then it's allowed. El Abayib, according to Abayadam, the Sarah Kufi, Mutzah Sarah Mikai Miyasser. Abayahold does not chew. Abayahold, you're not allowed to move a Klishim Nachtal Isser with Sarah Mikai Mike. So Michael and Mamar, so why let him move the shoe form in this case? You're pulling out the form for its mocking, but Abayahold, that's Asser. Says the Marachim, Eskina Birafui. It's loose on it. It's loose, and therefore you can take off the shoe without moving the form, and that's why it's Mutter. The Tani went to the Brightser, you die, Mirma Yerafui Mutter. Says Gemara, one second. Now we have a question the other way around. Taima de Rafui. It sounds like only because it's loose, it's mutter. Hailoi Rafui. Loi. If it's not Rafui, it sounds like you're not letting her take off the shoe. Oh, Nichala Baye. That's very good according to Baye. Dharma Jarmachal. Isla Sarakuvay Mutsa Sarakuvay Aser. Makes a lot of sense. It's Aser Sarakuvay Mutsa But now that it's loose, you're allowed to take it off. Shabir. El Rafa. Dharma Jarmachal. Sarakuvay Mutsa Sarakuvay Mutsa. My Aria Rafui. According to Rafa, why does the case have to be whatever you to teach us? It has to be loose. Afil Loi Rafui Nami. Even if it's not loose, it should be allowed. Answers the Gemara. Ahid Rav Yehuda. Misham Dravaliyazeru. Rabbi Yudah says the din of Rafway according to Rava, according to Abayi, it's very good. According to Rava, why did Rabbi Yudah say the case is that the shoe is loose? It's according to the din of Rabbi Yezer, who is Rabbi Yezer that we just learned a moment ago. Rabbi Yezer held that the shoe is tar. It's not a complete clay You're not allowed to move it. Says Rabbi Yudah, ah, oh, but if it's Rafway, if it's loose, then you're yes, allowed to move it. The time the price of Yudah, I'm sure Rabbi Yezer, and my Rafway is going to be Mutter Hadron al and we shall return to a wonderful Chazar Mir Tashem on this 20th parak of Shabbos, and now we move right along in the 21st parak as we conclude, as we close in on this wonderful Masech, Tlaikov Memal from Abayi, says the Mishnah, Night till Adam is you're allowed to take your child, Vahavin Biyada, even though the child is holding a stone in his hand, you're allowed to take the kid. Vilkalkala, you're allowed to take a basket, Vahavin Besaycha, even though there's a stone inside it. Umataltin Chuma, Tameyam, Taira, and you're allowed to move Tamei Chuma with Tar Chuma. The imachulin and with chulin, and again, we're gonna have to see exactly what's going on over here. Why let him move a basket if there's a stone in it? It should be a basis. What exactly is going on? The Gemara is gonna discuss. Review daimer. Af malin esamaduma bechmeila. You also let him remove one part of chuma, one part, one from a hundred. A different thing about chuma. We'll pick it up from the Gemara tomorrow.